Welcome, welcome, welcome to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and it's the end of Black History Month. And with the end of Black History Month, you want we, you want to celebrate Black history, right? You want to acknowledge it. You want to to bask in your blackness if you are African American. You just want you, you want to be celebrated as black. You want you, this is the time of year when you when you root for everything black. I don't care what it is. You want the black person to win. You want the black person to to triumph. You want the black person to succeed. You just want you just want black people to be on top. Now, if you're if you if you're African American, of course you want that all the time. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I want to see all my black brothers and sisters succeed. I want to see all y'all do great. I want to see everybody just just excel. And you're probably wondering, Jay, why are you starting with this? <laughs> because going into the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight, of course I wanted Deontay Wilder to win. Uh, I'm African American, but it's not just African American. I like Deontay Wilder. You know, he was 42 and 0. He was knocking out everybody. And of course, I wanted him to come on top. I had no problems against Tyson Fury, but I wanted Deontay Wilder to win. I, it wasn't just because he was black, but that was a big part of why I wanted him to win. But to be honest, the first fight showed me a lot. In the first fight, because I saw the first fight, I was not surprised at what happened in the second fight. So the first fight... Of course, as we know, it ended in a tie. But Deontay Wilder knocked Tyson Fury down, I believe, twice the first fight. And the last time, it was in the second, I mean, the 12th round. And it looked like it was over with, but Tyson Fury got up. And I, and I, and I saw something, and, and that fight really kind of cemented something for me. Deontay Wilder, as a skilled fighter, as a skilled you know, just skill, to me, is not a good fighter. To me, Deontay Wilder has lived off his strength and his power and his height and his reach. One thing that Tyson Fury showed the first fight, and one thing, you know, I had to look back, because I didn't know who Tyson Fury was. <laughs> I had to look back and, and look at a couple fights, look, a couple, look at a couple of his previous matches. Tyson Fury is a technical fighter. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's he's kind of jovial. Yeah, he's kind of unorthodox with, you know, his his mannerisms and, and how he goes about life. But he's a tactical fighter. It's hard for you to hit him. He's a good counterpuncher. He's a he's a when I said hard, he's a he's a good defenseman. He's a good he's a power puncher and he's he, he knows angles. And when I say the first fight kind of showed me a lot that kind of showed me what would happen in the second fight, Tyson Fury kind of dominated the entire fight, the first fight. It was just a couple times when Deontay Wilder got him with a couple shots. Uh, and of course, like I said, he knocked him down. That was really the, 
it showed me like if if Tyson Fury was did not get knocked down, especially in that twelfth round, we thought it was over. Tyson Fury would have won the first fight, and I was like, "Yo, Deontay Wilder isn't that technical as a fighter. He's just because I remember the first fight, he was trying to hit that haymaker like almost every fight. I mean, almost every punch he was throwing was like a like a haymaker." And I'm like, yo, if that's not working, he doesn't really have a jab like that. His defense isn't the best. And he, you know, he, he doesn't, his angles, like, he will knock you out. Don't get me wrong. And Deontay, and, and again, I'm talking from a person that I ain't been in a fight since high school. Yeah, since high school. So I'm not no fighter. But I will say, I'm watching, I'm watching Deontay Wilder, I'm like, Yo, he, he's not as technically sound as I thought. Go on to this fight, what happened on Saturday. Now, Deontay Wilder wants to say that it was due to the fact, it was, it was because his, his um, entrance costume weighed like 45 pounds. That's why his legs were weak. Don't get me wrong. That entrance costume was tough. Like, if, if anything, if, if Deontay Wilder won anything that, that night, it was... That entrance costume was tough. Like I remember watching, <laughs> I remember looking at that entrance because I, I watched it at Dave and Buster's. Um, I remember I was like, "Yo, that!" When I saw his entrance costume, I said, "Yeah, Deontay Wilder won this one." I don't know. He, he kind of got me with the entrance. <laughs> he got me with the entrance, uh, entrance costume, man. But that jump was tough. But he's saying because it was so heavy, um, that's kind of weighed down on his legs. I don't know about that. Of course, I don't. I don't know the fighters like that but I do think that Deontay Wilder put on Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury put on some weight for this fight they both were I think I know Deontay Wilder was about 20 pounds uh, heavier as well as Tyson Fury than the first fight and I think that that you know kind of weighs it you know weighs a toll on your legs weighs a toll on how do you conditioning or weighs you know puts a toll has a toll that's it has a toll on how you condition has a toll on you know how your legs hold up, and 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 off rip, Tyson Fury was dominating this fight. It was there was not one round. Well, I'll say maybe maybe no, there was not a round where I thought Dante Wilder won the fight. Now, for people that don't know, the fight ended in Dante Wilder's corner threw in the towel. I think at like round six or uh, round seven, they threw in the towel. Deontay Wilder, he looked, he, looked, he looked like he didn't condition. Now, I'm not saying he didn't, but he looks like he was out of shape. It looks like, well, body-wise, he, he looked chiseled, but it looked like he was gassed after round one. His, 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 fights, his punches weren't connecting. I think at the end of the fight, they said that he only landed five punches. In seven rounds, five punches. But his, his punches weren't landing. He wasn't able to, he, he wasn't dodging or wasn't able to dodge Tyson Fury's punches. And he got knocked down a couple of times. And like I said, it just looked like he wasn't, I don't know, because I remember he said that there was, you know, something going on outside the ring. Hey, if it is, I don't know. But I know that he just didn't seem, it didn't look like he was there. It looked like he, he was distant. His, again, his legs were out of it after round two. And he was just like wobbling and stobbling all over the place. And Tyson Fury hit him in like the ear. 
and his ear was bleeding. And his ear was bleeding from round two to round seven. And that's kind of why they stopped the fight, because usually if you can... Now, the ref didn't stop it. I thought the ref stopped it at first. I'm like, what the hell? Like, dang, man. But when, you, when you're bleeding from the ear and you can't stop that, it's like, yo, you got it, you got it. Because... Yo, you 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 are a couple hits away from meeting God, man. And and Tyson Fury was getting destroyed. Now I know he was he was like, you know, I want to I want to you know, lose or end on my shield. You know, I'm, I'm a champion. I don't want to throw out the towel. Sometimes you got to save yourself. Sometimes somebody has to save you from yourself. So that that's what happened. His his corner was like, yeah, he's he, you can't stop the bleeding. We don't know what's going on. I ain't never seen nobody bleed from the ear like that constantly throughout the fight. We all know about the Tyson Fury um, licking the blood. That was that was wild. But Tyson Fury showed that he is the better fighter right now. Yeah, they both were undefeated going in, undefeated with one one draw. Uh, but Tyson Fury showed that he was a better fighter, and he kind of showed that the first fight. But of course, it, the 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 record or the end result didn't didn't mirror that because, like I said, he, it, it was a draw. So, congratulations to Tyson Fury, uh, defeating Dante Wilder, handing Dante Wilder his first official loss. I know Dante Wilder has exercised his third fight clause or something. I think that's like, if, if, something, if something gives you an unfair disadvantage or something, you can ask for a third fight. I was expecting a third fight anyways, um, after, like I said, first one was a tie, second one, Tyson Fury won. I don't. I think that I don't. I don't know. I do know. I think Tice. I think Deontay Wilder needs to learn how to be more a technical, more of a technical fighter. And once he becomes more of a technical fighter, and and you pair that with strength, you pair that with aggression, you pair that with sheer dominance and strength. Then I think while he's been dominating, of course, the sport. I think he'll be he'll he'll unlock a whole nother level. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember he said that he'd knock out Muhammad Ali in his prime. No, <laughs> but I do know that Tyson Fury Tyson Fury exp, well showed the world Deontay Wilder's weakness, and Deontay Wilder's weakness is while you've 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 maintained and and ex- succeeded. In fighting, due to your sheer strength, or your sheer strength, due to your height, due to your athleticism, there's times when your technique has to has to has to shine. There's times when you're not going to be able to just knock somebody out. We learned that the first time with not Tyson Fury. There's going to be times when your height isn't going to be that much of an advantage. There's some. There's times when your athleticism isn't going to be that much of an advantage. That in those moments, that's when your technique and your your angles and your your poise has to come in. And I think that Deontay Wilder has to be a little better at that, especially if he wants to beat Tyson Fury, because Tyson Fury is unlike something he, as in Deontay Wilder, has ever seen. And honestly, he's something that maybe boxing hasn't seen. Not saying he's the greatest boxer, but we've never seen a talent along with the personality that Tyson Fury is. And again, congratulations to Tyson Fury for winning the rematch on Saturday. He beat Deontay Wilder uh, in seven rounds. And, you know, 
that's, that was that. Uh, another big uh, story that happened was the NFL CBA uh, wanted to pro- or proposed a 17-game season plus expansion of the playoffs. Expansion, I believe, they'll add like uh, one or two more teams in the playoffs. Um, and players were, weren't, weren't happy about that. And this is the thing. I, you can't, well, I understand that the NFL is a business. I understand that, I understand that, of course, the NFL's prime goal is to make as much money as possible as well as put a product that, on the field, and put a product on your TV that people want to come back to time and time again. So I understand on the NFL side that why would we not extend the season one more game? Why would we not add maybe one or two more playoff teams so we'll have another fan base still watching in the playoffs and give another team an opportunity to win the Super Bowl? I get it. I also get the player side. Then the players are like, yo, you guys, you know, the the CBA – uh, you guys are not putting your body on the line. You guys are not, you guys aren't waking up on Monday and you can barely move or you can't really move and get out the bed until Tuesday, Wednesday. You guys aren't the ones that are taking these hits, taking these collisions. You guys aren't the ones that are breaking limbs and, and, and breaking bones every Sunday. That's not you playing. So you're the one that you cannot make the players play another game and put their lives and bodies on the line. And, and it's not just one game. It's extend the playoffs, too. <clears throat> here's, here's, here's where I think some of the players went wrong. Now, of course, I don't think that this is going to pass due to the, the, the players' union. And that's where I think some of the players went wrong. Yes, when you when you're when the CBA the NFL CBA is proposing something like this, right? That's why you have a players union. That's why the NBA, that's why the NFL, I think baseball might, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I know the NBA and NFL have a players union because you just don't give all the power to the owners. You just don't give all the power to the CBA. It's kind of like a it's a it's a, an agreement. JJ Watt was one of the people that came out, and uh, who was it, and Jarvis Landry, and a couple other players, not just these two, but J.J. Watt was one of the first to come out and very vocal about being against this. Where I kind of see, he, he I, again, I, I understand that, hey, you're, you can't make me play another game and put my life and body on the line, and I know it sounds dire, like, how are you putting your life on the line? Man, these are grown men running full speed at each other, hitting. Like, I don't know how many times somebody's been in a concussion. I don't know how many times J.J. Watt's been out. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a brutal sport. So I understand J.J. Watt's frustration. I understand J.J. Watt's, uh, J.J. Watt's issue against this. But when you put it on Twitter and you put it on social media 
and you don't really let and I'm not saying he yeah you don't really let the players or the other players have a voice yet and you don't really let it sit with the other players then you are making it seem it kind of looks like you're speaking for all the players I'm pretty sure there are some players that would like this because that's another game check a lot of players and a, and a lot of players in the NFL are living check to check and I know it sounds crazy because they're millionaires and thousandaires and stuff like that. But there, there's not a lot of Tom Brady's. There's not a lot of Michael Thomas's. There's not a lot of you know DeAndre Hopkins. There's not a lot of J.J. Watts. There's not a lot of Aaron Donalds. There's not a lot of players like that in the NFL. Hell, the roster is set 52 people. 52 people aren't making millions upon millions of dollars. So some players would be like, you know what? I could use an extra game check. I could if our player, because for some people that don't know, if your team makes it to the playoffs, I think that's like another financial bonus for everyone on the team. So it's like, you know, maybe we should try to play for the playoffs so we can get that game check. Again, a lot of these players that aren't superstar players are living check to check. So when you, J.J. Watt, and you other players go on social media and be like, no, we're completely against this, you're, not, you're speaking for you. You're speaking for maybe the people around you. You're not speaking for every single person. You're not speaking for the player that is, again, living check to check. Now, that might be his financial problems, but again, and it might not even be financial problems. It's just he's living check to check with you know all the things that's around him and stuff. So... If I were JJ, if I were the players, I'd just wait. I'd get into, you know, I'd go with uh, or talk to the players' union because that's your avenue to get done what you need to get done. So I'd talk to them. I'd, I'd you know, share your frustration or share your, your agreement with it and just see where it goes from there. I would definitely wait to put something on social media, especially when there's players in this league that I know for sure would want this to happen because again that's more money there's and, and it's not just the money there's players and there's teams that would love to have an extended playoffs because they just just gives them another opportunity to 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 fight for a Super Bowl I think about this think about a team like um who was a good team last year think about a team that might be on the cusp of making the playoffs but didn't because they're in a really good division or a team that that might have started off boom look at the Atlanta Falcons last year they started off horribly but towards the end of the season they became there they they grew into one of the best teams in the league towards the end of the season like really towards the end like maybe three or four games left but I'm saying a team like that might want to have a chance to make the playoffs. Look at the look at the Cleveland Browns. Oh, boom. Case in point, look at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys didn't make the playoffs last year, but I think they finished 8 and 8. And with this new expansion, they would have an opportunity to play, you know, to be in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure teams like that would love for this to happen. Now, I know again, some players definitely won't. It is what it is, but that's why you have a player, a player, a player's, you know, organization to be like, all right, let's see what we'll give. Let's see what we'll take. 
again, I don't see this happening. But if you're players, I understand that you want to you wanna voice your frustration, but I would wait. Because when someone like J.J. Watt or someone like Jarvis Landry or, or someone like Michael Thomas or whatever, and I'm not saying that they're doing it, but when you put your frustrations on social media, owners and stuff aren't just going to look at it as, okay, it's just you expressing this. Owners are going to look at it like you're speaking for the players. And you could mess it up for some players that actually want a 17-game season or actually want to extend the playoffs. Because, again, just because some people are making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, some people aren't. Some people are, are just the 33rd man on the roster and is not making the same as a uh, Drew Brees or not making the same as uh, Patrick Mahomes will, will be making. You know, so uh, that's I understand the, div- the divide between the two. And I understand that. I don't want the NFL to paint a picture like, oh, we're doing this for the players that, you know, need the money. No, they're not. That's one thing. I, I do not want the NFL to spin this like, no, we're doing this for y'all. We're doing this for the players. No, no, you're not. All right. You're doing this for money. You're doing this for views. You're doing this for revenue. You're doing this for popularity. You're not doing You don't really care about the players in this situation. So I don't want that to spin that. This is where I'm taking it. You know what I mean? So we'll see how that goes. Again, I don't believe it's going to pass due to the fact that I don't know if you have the players, the player support up most in that situation. But that's something that, you know, I see. Uh, last thing I'm going to talk about football is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has been in the news this, this last week due to the fact that now a lot of people are questioning his number one status. A lot of people are saying, you know, he doesn't have the intangible. Some of his intangibles aren't franchise quarterback ready, like his hands, or they want to look at the season before the, uh, you know, the seasons before his uh, college football championship. And, And then there's a lot of people that saying Joe Burrow should pull the Eli Manning and force his way out of the Bengals because the Bengals aren't going to be good and they don't want Joe Burrow to, I guess, quote-unquote, waste his talent in Cincinnati. This is what I say about that. Um, and Oh, and there's a lot of people that just are, are on that, you know, hey, you should draft Tua because Tua is, you know, he he's going to be healthy during draft. And before Joe Burrow had his season, a lot of people thought or viewed, viewed – um, Tua as as the number one overall pick. Here's what I'll say about this. When you look at players like Russell Wilson, when you look at players like Tom Brady, when you look at players like um, Patrick Mahomes, these players did not have a high draft stock coming in, or they weren't really drafted too high, except for maybe well, Patrick Mahomes like 15th. Evaluators are wrong sometimes. That's just that's just the way of the world. Again, hell, they there's team hell. The NFL passed on Tom Brady six times. It took or, or five times. The Patriots passing them a couple times before they got him in the sixth round. It's like 
and Carter's kept the 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 Patriots weren't that good when Drew when uh, Tom Brady went to the Patriots. Yeah, I understand that you want the best opportunity for players. I understand that players want the best opportunity for themselves. But and Joe Burrow, I think is playing this pretty good. He's not, you know, he's just like, hey, I want to play for whoever drafts me. I get that, you know what I mean? I I want to play for whoever whoever picks me or whoever has the faith in me. And of course, he's a Ohio kid, so playing for Cincinnati would just, you know, he'll be at home. And I don't, I, I don't see why. Yeah, I get. Look, I get that players are more empowered than ever, and I respect that. I love that that players have a in every sport. Players have a a voice. Players, you know, players have have that players are are powerful so to speak but if i was joe burrow man and i'm not saying he's doing this and i'm I'm really speaking to all the analysts you know right now let joe, not everything has to be a, a, a eli manning situation and you know everything doesn't have to be eli manning situation because that is a rare situation we haven't seen that before and we haven't really seen it since and for people that don't know what the Eli Manning situation is, the Chargers wanted him, but he said, I'm not playing for the Chargers. I'm willing to sit out. Uh, I want to play for another one. I want to play for Giants, and the Giants picked him up. Um, let Joe Burrow make it. Let Joe Burrow and let teams make the decision, man. I understand you want the best from all these analysts, want the best from all these analysts, want to see him in uh, – in a different uniform than Cincinnati, because Cincinnati's bad. But what if he goes and turns around Cincinnati? Because remember, at this very moment, Cincinnati still has a top-tier wide receiver when he's healthy in A.J. Green. They still have a good running game. It's like they have a lot. So just let him, let him flourish, man. Let him do what he wants to do. Let him pick, you know, if he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati, he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati. There's still several teams that, like, you know, and honestly, if we're looking at teams, the teams really don't get good until maybe the fifth or sixth pick, which I think that's the Chargers. Like, say he, he forces his way out of uh, Cleveland, right? Where is he going to go? The next pick is, what, uh, Washington. I believe Washington, and, and all signs are pointing to Washington picking Chase Young. Then what, the Dolphins? I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins, while they have a good personnel, they're not really a good team either. And they're talking, I think they're think, talking about getting Tua. Then you have, I don't, I don't remember who's next, but you don't have really a good team until you get to the Chargers. And then after that, I think you have the Panthers. And the Panthers just came out today and said that they're going to move forward with Cam Newton and like keep him and retain him. Which I kind of understand, kind of don't understand. I mean, it's Cam Newton. He's still one of the top quarterbacks when healthy. But then again, it's like you're kind of pushing for a rebuild. So if you're doing that, why keep the, the old regime? I don't know. But again, Drew, Joe Burrow, man, just do what you want, man. Do what you want. At the end of the day, that's what it is. Do what you want. If you wanna, if 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 you believe that you can change. The, the Cincinnati Bengals, which you, you might be able to, go right ahead. If Cincinnati believes that you're the man, let them draft you. And, and, and not everything has to be a, oh, no. Like, again, what if, what if, and this is for all the analysts again, what if he 
what if he forces his way out of Cincinnati to a to a team and he doesn't he doesn't win anything or he gets a season ending Lord forbid season ending in, in injury like or career ending injury like come on man it's like you never know so you know just let 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 let, let Joe Burrow make his decision man let let Joe Burrow not everything has to be a controllable situation so um. That all I want to talk to about football. Uh, yeah. So moving moving right along to basketball. Um, so Kobe's memorial service happened yesterday, and uh, it was a tough thing to watch. You know. Of course, I was a big. I was a bit. I, everybody knows I was a big Allen Iverson fan. But I respected Kobe. I loved Kobe for just who Kobe was. I grew up watching Kobe, you know, and and, and Iverson, you know. I I grew up, you know. I didn't. I didn't. I never. I wasn't born, or I was. Probably I was born. <laughs> I wasn't old enough to understand the greatness of Michael Jordan. In the time he was great, I understand now, you know, after watching clips and and doing. And you know, analyzing stuff, but Kobe was big for everyone. Kobe, Kobe was a, a household name. I mean, I've talked about this. I talked about this on a video I did. Um, Kobe was, Kobe was was huge, man. And his home going service was incredible yesterday. You know, when Vanessa Bryant went up and spoke, uh, she talked about Kobe and Gianna. When Michael Jordan spoke, um, everyone that spoke, Shaq, you know. It was it was it was a touching moment. It was touching, man. It was it was tough to watch. I was watching it at work, um, and uh, a couple thug tears left left. A couple thug tears escaped the mansion, but um, it was you know it, it was it was tough. It was it was really good seeing all the players come together. You know, players of of every team. You saw a player, you know, old, new and old. You saw Shaq. You saw, like I said, Mike, Michael Jordan. You saw Magic Johnson. You saw Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, James Harden, Anthony Davis. You, you saw players of all ages, all teams come and support Kobe. You even saw players from different leagues uh, come and support Kobe. And, and then, of course, the fans and everything were there. It was it was a beautiful beautiful thing, man. It it was it was fitting. It was fitting that that's how you do a home going service for a player like Kobe and and for Gianna. You know, it was it was really good seeing a lot of the WNBA players. Gianna Tarasi was there. Candace Parker, um, Sabrina S Sabrina Andescu, who we'll talk about in a minute, was there, and she had a beautiful speech. Uh, Gina Oriyama uh, from UConn spoke, the coach. It was it was it was a beautiful beautiful service, man. Kobe will definitely be missed. And again, it's not just a basketball thing. It's a it's a life thing. You know, Kobe was young. Kobe was Kobe was an icon. Kobe was not just a basketball icon. He was a worldly icon. You know, Kobe and Kobe's imperfections made him the player that he was and 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 his imperfections in life he didn't run away from you know what I mean 
and it was a great from from what we heard yesterday and it was cool and 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 uh rachel nichols kind of said what i was thinking there's a lot of stories that i've heard for the first time yesterday um you know with and of course i'm not no i'm not no reporter i'm not no NBA insider, so I wouldn't know half these stories, but it was good hearing a lot of people had story, more stories about Kobe off the court than they did on the court, and how good of a guy he was off the court than he was on the court, or how, how memorable Gianna was off the court, you know what I mean, and, and speaking with her high school, or no, her, uh, her fellow classmates, you know, like she was the big dog, which she was. Um, going into going to speak with UConn girls team as well as Oregon girls team, and she was like, "Nah, I'm not about to take a picture with Oregon, cause I know where I want, I know where my my love lies." You know what I mean? It's just good, man. And 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 again, Kobe and Gianna will be missed. And and also, and, and don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of people last, and this is nasty, man. I saw a lot of people go like, man, why do we care so much about Kobe when there, excuse me, there was eight other people on the flight, you know what I mean? Again, I want to I wanna send my condolences to every family and everybody that was affected by all nine of these people that, that, that passed. Um, but let their families do what they want to do, you know what I mean? And let all the families grieve the way they want to grieve. I also thought it was kind of nasty that now I'm starting to see the program from his memorial and the shirts from his memorial, um, you know, being sold on eBay and stuff. Like, I knew it was going to happen, so I'm not upset. It's just, it's just nasty, man. That's just where we are in this world. But, again, the homegoing service was yesterday, and or the memorial was yesterday, and it was, it was a beautiful thing. I, I'm not taking nothing away from that, you know. Shouts out to Beyonce. Shouts out to Alicia Keys, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Kimball. You know, it, it, it was beautiful. So that's that's what I have about that man. And and I guess going back to Sabrina. Sabrina, moving on, but staying with Sabrina. Sabrina Anescu made history. In fact, let me look it up because I want to I want to I want to be clear about what she did. Sabrina Anescu became the first player in D1 history, both male and female, to score 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, and 1,000 rebounds. She is one of the greatest college basketball players we've ever seen. Um, she's just been dominant. She's been dominant since she came on the scene. And, you know, it, it's... I know a lot of people were upset, especially the WNBA, were upset with her because she was supposed to come out last year and if she would have came out last year she probably would have been the number one overall pick but she said you know she wanted to come back she went she had some unfinished business and and more than likely she'll be the number one overall pick this year because she already came out and said you know i'm going to i'm going to the league so like sabrina is sabrina has been one of she's walking triple double She's a bucket. She plays really good defense, and she's been solid. And she has positioned Oregon to be one of the top teams in college football. I mean, college basketball. 
and now looking at the looking at the the trajectory of uh, women's college basketball, I think Oregon might win it all because not only is she the best player in college basketball, but they have a solid team around her. And you know, she she especially yesterday, she was like, you know, I'm doing I'm gonna do this for Kobe. I'm gonna do this for Gianna. And she went out. I think she dropped what 21, 12, and 12 yesterday. You know, so. Again, shouts out to Sabrina, shouts out to Kobe, shouts out to Gianna, shouts out to everybody that uh, went to the, went to the, um, or watched and went to the memorial. And uh, again, congratulations to Sabrina Nadescu for becoming the first player to 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists. And it's not far-fetched for me to say she is one of the best college athletes, college basketball athletes we've ever seen. Again, we we have teams, you know, uh, we, we have the great UCLA teams. We have the great Duke teams, the great North Carolina teams, the great Kentucky teams. We look at college basketball, we have the great Tennessee teams. We have the great uh, UConn teams. We have the great South Carolina teams. Sabrina Inescu is is submitting her submit some cementing herself as one of the best players in college basketball and I in college basketball history <laughs> and I think that she is she has primely positioned Oregon as being a national champion contender so um, I guess staying on college basketball real quick shortly James Wiseman had an interview I think it was outside the lines. Um, about the whole what happened with w, with the NCAA and Memphis and the money. And he was pretty much saying the reason why he he quit, he left the WNBA, I mean, not, what? <laughs> he left the NCAA and he left Mich- Memphis is because they were expecting him and his family to pay back. I think it was like $11,000 or something like that. And it, and he was he couldn't and I remember Jay Will did a GoFundMe page but he couldn't use that because that would, that would have been an unfair advantage what they're saying and he couldn't get it from anywhere else so his family pretty much had to pay out of pocket but how are you finna pay eleven thousand dollars out of pocket if you, if you needed it in the first place you know what I mean like so he was just like I was in a whirlwind it was a lose lose it was a lose lose situation for me and I had to dip. This goes back to, look, this goes back to what I've been saying forever. The NCAA has to understand that these players are bigger than you. These players are bigger. Look, James Wiseman is not playing this year, and he will still be a top five draft pick, more than likely. LaMelo Ball is not playing this year and will still be a top five draft pick, probably. R.J. Hampton is not playing for you guys and still will be a top ten draft pick. You see, the last thing the NCAA wants are players leaving. But they're not doing anything to help the players. Yeah, oh, they get free rides and they get free tuition and they get... They get per diem and they get, you know, they get the experience of college. Man, you can have an online class and have the experience of college, bro. 
it's just crazy. And I, I've always said this, man. It's crazy that you make the university so much money, yet you see none of it. Chris Weber had that problem. He said, you know, I see my jersey on the, you know, on the wall, and I seen people rocking my jersey, but I didn't get profits for none of it. And I'm over here still struggling how to eat. James Wiseman, like, I, I do not blame James Wiseman for, um, for, for leaving Memphis and leaving the NCAA, because it's not affecting his, his, his future at all. Because he's still gonna be a top five draft pick. You know what I mean? So. Or at least top 10. If not top 5, at least top 10. He is too good to be out of the top 10. RJ Hampton is too good to be out of the top 10. The Mellow Ball is too good to be out of the top 10. And all three of those players are not playing in the NCAA right now. Yeah, I know players like, wasn't it Anthony Edwards? He's getting shine because we're seeing him at Georgia. I know uh, there's other players like um, Tippin, the dude from... Dayton, like I know that he's getting exposure because he's playing for college basketball or playing for a college basketball team and we see him on TV. But again, when you're when you're a player like Wiseman, you're a player like Ball, you don't really need that. You know what I'm saying? And you really kinda of don't need that if you're Anthony Edwards, it's just because we're seeing him, we see how good he is. But we can see him overseas do that. I mean, if you're a good scout, you'll 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 find him, you know? So I don't I don't I don't blame uh I don't blame James Wiseman for doing what he did, you know, so. Uh, going to the NBA, I guess. Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's out for the season uh, with a shoulder surgery. I kind of saw it coming. I know he was trying to put off so, uh, shoulder or surgery because I think something went wrong last time it happened, which made him miss more time than he thought. Again, this, is, this, this was a wash season for, for um, Brooklyn because – your best player isn't playing the entire season, which was Ky- uh, which was KD. So with Ke- Kevin Durant not playing, it's just like you're not really playing for anything, dude, because you have no shot of of even competing in the playoffs, even with a Kyrie Irving. Not saying Kyrie Irving is not good, but you you built that team around Kevin Durant and Kyrie, not just Kyrie, not just Kevin Durant. Now, yes, Kevin Durant by himself might be able to to make some noise in the playoffs, but you built it for Kyrie and KD. So when you don't have both of them, it's pretty much a wash season. So I understand Kyrie Irving going out, um, having the surgery. I think it's the best thing for him, especially the you know the season ain't happening. You know, ain't nothing happening this season. So get back right. So next year, when next year starts or next season starts, you have your top two assets coming fully healthy. So, and we've seen videos of Kevin Durant, you know, doing basketball activities, uh, shooting, dribbling, do what he got to do, looking really good. So you hope he can come back at least 85% that he was. 85% Kevin Durant. He might not be the best player in the league, which I thought he was before he got hurt, but he's still a top 10 player at 85%. So if you get him anywhere 85 and up, you, hell, 75 and up, you're, you're, you're good. So, again, I, I get Kyrie, you know, I get it. Uh, the Lakers waive um, DeMarcus Cousins for Markeith Morris. Um, I kind of, I understand why they waive him. I mean, he, because people were like, and I was one of the people like, yo, you got... Troy Daniels, who hasn't really produced anything. You have Jared Dudley, who hasn't really produced anything. But they've been on the floor. They've played. 
DeMarcus Cousins can't, you know what I mean? And, of course, they're letting him uh, stay on the – they're really letting him stay on the team, letting him practice and train the facility. What I think they're going to try to do is they're going to try to monitor him, and monitor him and watch him for next year to see if they can bring him on because they waived him for Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris is a player that can help him uh, instantly. So I, I understand why they did it. Um, it just sucks for players like DeMarcus Cousins and players like um, – Isaiah Thomas, who were primed for a big payday, but due to unforeseen circumstances or injuries or just bad situations, they are now like Isaiah Thomas isn't really in, even in the league right now. He, I know he got waived by the Clippers, and I don't think anybody picked him up. So you know, it's just it, it, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Um, I, I think Demar, I don't, I think Demarcus Cousins, when healthy, is one of the best players in the league. Uh, and I, we just need to see him healthy, you know. Last time we saw him playing, he didn't look too well, and that was in the NBA Finals. So, and then, of course, he hurt himself again in the offseason. So, you know, we just, we just, I think we need to see him healthy for an extended period of time, and I, I don't think that this is it for DeMarcus Cousins. I'm, I'm not 100% sure about Isaiah Thomas, but, you know, he, he just got waived. So, and I, I, again, he's, he's still... At his best, there there are many teams. There are, are 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 many many teams that can use a player of Demarcus Cow, Demarcus Cousins, uh, you know, stature. So, um, John Beeline, he leaves after half a season with Cleveland. And I'm not really surprised. We said this before. I said this before. When when you're not when you're a college basketball player or a college basketball coach. You have to understand that you're not coaching college basketball anymore. You can't approach people that make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars like they're like they're college athletes. They're not going to listen to you, or they're they're going to rebel against you. You know, uh, I think Shannon Sharp said it: rebellion without relationship, or relationships without something is rebellion. You know what I mean? Like the the players weren't listening to him, and you know you had to you had to dip. He had to go, and hey, I'm I'm pretty sure that there there's a college basketball team that could definitely use Jim Beheim or Jim Beeline or John Beeline. I apologize, John Beeline, but it just wasn't gonna work in Cleveland. You know what I mean? It was not gonna work at all. Um, Bradley Bill, he's he's on a 50 point tear. He he's the first player ever to score back to back 50 point games in consecutive days. And losses. Um, the first player to score back-to-back 50-point games since Kobe in 2007. It's it, pray for pray for Bradley Bill, man. Pray for the Wizards, man. Pray, just pray for the Wizards. Um, and lastly, we've seen this Astros thing isn't getting any better for anybody. Um, again, listen to your like LeBron said. Listen to your players and uh, and, and or listen to the players and the fans. MLB. Nobody likes, nobody's accepting this, um, this punishment that you're, you handed out. Like, do better by your players, man. At least, at least put an asterisk on, on, on the Houston Astros win. Because everybody knows they cheated. Y'all know they cheated. But yeah, you, you just, it's alright. Just don't do it again. That's, that's not good enough, man. But there you have it. 
That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate all you guys for listening. Please subscribe. Please share. However, you know, it, it would definitely mean a lot to me. Uh, next week, we have a big, uh, we have a guest coming next week. So, you know, I'm excited about that. Um, so stay tuned for that. I appreciate you guys again. And uh, until next time, much love. Axel. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> Side niggas cat. Side niggas cat. Niggas spraying they juice. Yeah. They juice. Ain't this one. Flex. My bitch love Coco. <laughs> Woo back baby. Woo back baby. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Let me see some. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Look. You cannot say pop and forget the smoke. I'm from the floors where niggas talk. They couldn't be cribs, so they turn full. Driving through the veil, dropping a joke. I gotta laugh cause these niggas jokes. Drill like, who these niggas? Who these niggas? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm gonna go. And I'm in that Bugatti. Moving. Two hundred. Giving pucks like who shot you? Me and Trey, that's four choppers. Made down. All you see is helicopters, paramedics, pick them up, they gon' send them to the doctor. I'm in the hood like an engine, revving, get that nigga. My chicks is clearing, your chicks is bending, and I got a couple gangsters, let me know. If you want smoke, if you want smoke, cause boy I can send them, and I got a bad bitch, ass up, face down, face down. Yeah, she love doggy style. And she got a Louis bag. That whole day extend Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Flex. My bitch love Coco. Woo back, baby. Woo back, baby. Woo. Let me see some. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. My bitch love Coco. Woo back, baby. Woo back, baby. Jumping at the zoo, seeing red, seeing blue, yelling flame, hot moves, pop flare, hot. Break my hands out till I have my face, duck away. She wanna lay up and hibernate. I took a chance, there's a lot to take. I took her right in and up right away. She need a chunk, not a piece. It cost me three for the keys, not the work, but the V. She let it twirl to the beat. I send the word, better reach. Wearing pearls, piss of bees. I only hurl at my peak. Love Coco. <laughs> Woo back, baby. Woo back, baby.